And so here, listen, we have an immense advantage over the lost people. Um, I, I don't know if we, we oftentimes, I think we don't fully understand uh, the advantage that we have. Then we have God's truth to light our way. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And, and uh, it gives us direction. Uh, it, it guides our path. It, it gives us a lifestyle, really, and a reason for living. Um, I don't know if you've ever been so discouraged to the point where you're just like, what am I doing? What, does any of this matter? And if you turn to the Word of God, it will give you the reason for why we're here. And, and uh, what a blessing uh, to know that. There's some rich resources that are really inaccessible to the lost world in the Word of God. Um, uh, the word, the Psalm 19.8 says this, The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And we know over in the New Testament, we're told that these things uh, are spiritually discerned. And uh, so those of us that are Christians and we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, we have greater access to the things of God and His Word than the lost people. And uh, listen this morning, we need to take advantage of that. Uh, we have an advantage. Um, <clears throat> and we need to tap into that. Jesus shines the light of the truth even brighter as we see Him uh, coming to this earth and, and the Word is made flesh and He dwells among us and we can see really the living Word as it plays out through the Scriptures and and uh, what greater example do we have other than Christ and, and how he demonstrated how we ought to live our lives as we uh, sojourn in this land? And, and uh, what, I just, what an amazing thing to see Jesus, God's word living. And as we glance into the pages of our Bibles, we can see how we ought to live and how we ought to conduct ourselves. And, and it is such a blessing to have that. And uh, he shows us the Bible is not a book of philosophy or just ideals. Um, it, it's really a, a, a living guidebook for our lives. Uh, it's alive, the Word of God tells us. And, and uh, then spake Jesus, this is John eight twelve, again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so we know that that Jesus is the light of the world. And, and, uh, and then, it, listen, if, if we follow him, uh, we will not walk in darkness. We might go through valleys. We might go through dark times in life. But we have our path illuminated uh, in, in such a way. And, and uh, I don't want to get to my closing too early. But uh, really, uh, we, we know the end. We ought not be discouraged. I know we have things that come up in life, and, and I think I've expressed to you recently that I even was just kind of, what is going on in life? I just maybe a little discouraged or whatever, but, but there's no reason for a discouragement regardless of what we're facing because we just need to remember the end. He's preparing a place for us. He will come again and receive us unto himself. And uh, those are comforting words, and, and uh, we know that he's the light of the world. And listen, as we... Uh, as Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world, Matthew 5, 14, ye are the light of the world. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And so as we live our lives and, and we become more and more like Christ, as he was the light of the world, we become a light in this world uh, as we live our lives according to the word of God. 
And uh, so in this section here, we, we're going to look at, I believe it's five things I have here, of the effects of God's light for those who hold it fast. Uh, those that make a priority of it. Look at what it says there. <clears throat> it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I really want you to get this in verse 106. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Listen, we can have this book and we can have all the, uh, we can know the end, we can have the solution to the problems, uh, but if we don't keep it, it's of no value. And so we can have this great resource sitting on the, the coffee table of our homes collecting dust and does us no good. Uh, but the psalmist says there in verse 106, I have sworn and I will perform it. And it says that I will keep thy righteous judgments. And, and so uh, this morning I'm just trying to encourage you to get in the book and to keep it. Don't be a forgetful here. Uh, don't look into that perfect law of liberty and then just turn away and continue as you were. Uh, when you get into the Word of God, begin and, and make a commitment to it. We'll see later on in here, the psalmist says he inclined his heart to these things. He, he set himself to live the Word of God. And so this morning, I want you to, to, to convince yourself that if God said it, I'm going to do it. Um, there's a group of folks out uh, there that uh, I have, uh, my sister is going through some, uh, some changes in uh, her church, and, and she's just making a lot of uh, different decisions, and I think some folks throughout the years did things only because that's what they were told to do, not because they were convinced that that's what God wanted to do, and it, it can be dangerous because then they just want to reject everything, and so uh, I am praying for my sister, but uh, listen... Uh, it has nothing to do with what a preacher says. Uh, we're, we're not trying to follow a person other than the person of Christ. And I think people get in trouble because they try to conform to this image a church wants. And this morning I challenge you, that's not the goal. We are to be conformed to the image of Christ. And if we would get into the word of God, we can uh, learn more and more about Christ every day. And that is the goal, to become like Christ. Now, as we do that, as a body of believers in a church, uh, we will all be striving toward the same thing. We can be of one court, of one mind, and we can all become more like Christ day by day together. And that's, that's a blessing to know that we can do that. Uh, we might be at different stages, different levels, and that's okay. Uh, because when we try to get people to conform to something, just because that's what we expect them to look or to do, it's not of God. And they're not growing to be more like Christ. They're just conforming to what man wants them. Anyway, that was, that's not even in my notes. I kind of got sidetracked here. But we need to be careful. Listen, it's all about Christ. Yes. Just get in the Word and, and follow the Word of God. It doesn't matter um, what everyone else wants to say or their perception or, or their, their decisions. Uh, listen, it says, I will keep thy righteous judgments. The psalmist says, not someone else's, but yours, God. I'm going to do what the Word of God tells me to do. And so every day we must make hundreds of decisions. Uh, listen, the Word of God gives us light for our decisions. The light of the Word. We make decisions every day. The small scale, big scale. Uh, we commit ourselves to things. 
on a daily basis. Sometimes I commit myself to things at work, and I'm like, why did I do that? And uh, boy, that's, you know, now I have a deadline or a suspense. I got to meet this or that. And, and, uh, but listen, we are making decisions constantly throughout a day. And those decisions really dictate how our day will come and ultimately how our lives will be lived out. Every small decision or big decision as we go about our day really dictates who we will become. We need the Word of God to guide those decisions. And, and, and thankfully, we have it. God gives us righteous judgment that guide our decision-making. Uh, we need to get into the Word of God and look at what those righteous judgments are. And, and uh, they, they can shed light on things that are wrong that we ought not commit to, and we can avoid some things. And uh, maybe those things that we ought to commit to. Uh, the Bible calls us to holy living. And I'm not going to go too far into depth here and, and really, but um, we are called to righteous living. First Thessalonians 4, 7 says this, For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. And I promise you, you will not go wrong with uh, becoming holy, if you will, uh, sanctified or, or in this process of growing if you would just get into the Word of God, follow the Holy Spirit's guidance, and live the Word of God. You can't go wrong. Um, and, and it might not be popular one way or the other, but if you're honestly, sincerely seeking to do God's Word and the Holy Spirit will guide you, you can't go wrong. Uh, deal with whatever the naysayers on either side of the aisle would would have to say about you, but as long as your conscience is clear between you and your God, that's all you got to worry about. Uh, the Word of God can guide our decisions. Only with the light of God's righteous judgments can we navigate through the foggy morality of our world. It's a mess out there, morally speaking. Uh, it's just garbage and junk everywhere we go. And we need God's Word to guide our decisions and to guide our, uh, our, our, uh, our ways uh, our steps, if you will, and, and the idea there, the lamp unto my feet is kind of uh, the way I see it is. Anybody ever used a lantern? Those are kind of old school now. You got LED everything, but um, I've used the old lantern. Um, my uncle had like an oil lamp uh, on the farm when I was growing up, and then you have propane lanterns and things. But those are give off a lot of light, but it's really in a small area for the most part. And that's what I, the picture I have when I see the lamp. And, and I know where I, to step. Uh, you know, it'll keep me safe. And, and then the light to our path. And, and uh, so that's more of a, a bigger picture light that will guide us uh, on, on the larger scale. And so uh, we need God's light as a lamp for each step of our days. But we need that light to illuminate our path for the long term or, or the... the, the, the uh, the full-on length of the path, so to speak. And, and uh, <clears throat> God gives us good, sufficient wisdom for each day from the Word. Uh, and we just have to get into it uh, to help us make those decisions. And uh, like the psalmist, we must commit to living according to God's Word or righteous judgments until the coming of the day of the Lord. Uh, look what he says there. Says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Uh, excuse me, I, I was looking for something else. Oh, there it is in verse 112. It says, I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. 
And so our days, as we, as we make decisions and, and as we allow God's lamp to guide each step of our days, it will illuminate our path until the end. And uh, what's the end? I don't know. Uh, the end could be a car accident for some. A heart attack for others. Uh, maybe dying of old age, they say. And as I crested the 40-year-old the mark, I realized how that's a reality. You know, the body breaks down. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine what it feels like to be 60 or 65, you know. Uh, but, uh, but when you start putting some years on, um, you can understand the, that thought of dying of old age, you know, just to the point where it, this thing doesn't function anymore. Listen, we don't know when our end is. Uh, whether it's old age or whether we don't make it through today. Um, God's word can guide us all along that journey. We just need to be sim. Do you have decisions you need to make this morning? This week? Uh, next week? I know I'll be making decisions tomorrow uh, as I go to work and uh, listen, we need God and His Word to guide us. And as believers that are indwelled with the Holy Spirit of God, we're in a better place than anyone else to make the right decisions. But if we're not committed, if we haven't sworn that we're going to do these things and we're going to keep these judgments, we've already failed. We're destined to make the wrong decisions. Because... Like I said, it's not about what a man says or, or what a church says or what a group of people think is right. It's about making decisions based on God's word that you will keep his righteous judgments. Uh, listen, don't make decisions because you're worried about what others will think. Uh, I lived a portion of my life where that's, I feel like that's how I lived. It's like I'm only doing these things because I'm, uh, what will so-and-so think? You know, it's a lot easier to live when it's, you're just worried about pleasing God. Uh, the stress level drops down. Uh, boy, when you really realize that that yoke is easy and the burden is light, I don't have to please anyone but God. And, and, and so what a blessed thought to, to think that uh, we could overcome a lot of stress in life just by making decisions based on pleasing our God. And not worrying about what people will think of one way or the other. And then we have light for our difficulty. I'm afflicted very much, verse 107. I'm afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. And of course, you know in the previous verses or stanzas, we learned that there were uh, people, evil people, were surrounding the psalmist with, I mean, everything from false accusations, threats, and even oppression. Um, we've even read that there were those in authority over him. Uh, that were working against God's servant and, and really putting a lot of affliction or difficulty in his life. And listen, the weightiest of discouragements is pressing on the psalmist's shoulders. Uh, you ever just felt pressure and just discouragement and just down and afflicted? And the psalmist feels that way, so he prays, Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. And... Uh, I don't know if I can adequately express to you how real that is. 
when you feel afflicted and you feel uh, maybe discouraged or down or maybe it is physical outside pressures against you and, and you just turn out to the Lord and say, God, I need you. And he gives you something from the word that just quickens you. It awakens you, it livens you up, and, and it gives you that spark of encouragement or energy you need to kind of keep going. And uh, scripture clearly teaches that God allows his people to suffer. I mean, we live in a fallen world, and, and uh, God uses those things to accomplish his will in our lives. And every Christian should expect to be led into suffering. But we know that all that live in uh, godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but God often allows confusing and difficult times in our lives. And uh, we don't like that, but it's the reality of life. In Genesis 22, in verse 2, and it says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Talk about going through a difficult, confusing time. Here's the promised son. Now I want you to go take his life. And we, we kind of downplay that maybe to a certain extent, I think, because we know the end of the story. But put yourself in Abraham's place. And I don't think it gets much more challenging to understand. It, that would be a very confusing time for me. I couldn't imagine something like that. And to go to a place that I'm going to show you. And so Abraham takes his son and, and he does that. And, and we know that God is foreshadowing the coming sacrifice of Christ that would happen over a thousand years after that. And, and we have the end of that story and we kind of see the, the parallels that there. But, but Abraham really doesn't. I mean, he's just following God. And, and listen, I want to tell you this morning when we go back, I'm going to read it again because I just want to keep pounding it home. In verse 106, I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Listen, we need to determine that we're going to do whatever God tells us to do before he says it. Whether we understand it fully, whether it's confusing or not, but if we're convinced it's of God and from his word, we need to be willing to be obedient to that. Uh, and, and so, listen this morning, commit to being a doer of the word. Before you hear the word. And so we understand that. And, and this is an interesting place. Moriah, I didn't spend a lot of time studying this. And, and, uh, but there's a lot of uh, thought there uh, where Abraham takes Isaac to uh, the land of Moriah. That verse tells us. And then in 2 Chronicles 3.1 it says, Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at the Jerusalem in Mount Moriah where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing of Ormon and, and the Jebusite. And, and then we know that Christ was sacrificed uh, somewhere in that proximity at least, I, I think is kind of the, the basic study that I came to in that Moriah area. And then the temple was eventually built in that area. And then Christ was uh, sacrificed outside the city. So it was in that general vicinity. I think we can make that relation. And so uh, what a great picture. But we would never have that in the Word of God if it wasn't for a man that was obedient to God's Word during a confusing and difficult time. Yes. Yes. And, and so listen, you never know what God's doing in your life and how God's working and, and what God wants to bring out as the end product of what He's allowing you to face and to go through. 
And so this morning, regardless of the difficulty, regardless of the challenge, obey the word of God. God will light that path and, and he'll direct you. And, and uh, it was painful and confusing, but he obeys in faith. And we know that he was convinced that God would provide. In, in Genesis 22, 8, it said God will provide himself a lamb. And, and so it was Abraham just acting in faith uh, in a God that he knew he could trust. Uh, listen, God po- uh, promises a powerful light leading us through confusing difficulty. If you're facing difficulties this morning, if you're facing challenges and affliction in life, just look to the Word of God. And just take the steps that that lamp gives you, the light for that step. Uh, Don't get too concerned about the overall path because if you focus on the light that the lamp's given you at the time, you'll make the right step every time and that path over time will be lit up for you. And so just be obedient. And uh, listen, we have the light for our devotions or, or our thanksgivings, maybe, if you will. Verse 108 says, Accept, uh, I beseech thee, the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. Listen, uh, we devote ourselves to the thing that we find praiseworthy. Uh, I would say even more uh, for the lost world, that's definitely true. A lot of folks dedicate their lives to things that they think they're going to get recognized for, perhaps, or just the notoriety of things. And, but the psalmist is devoted to God's Word because of its unsurpassed value in his life, I believe. Uh, he says, I, Except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth. And uh, this delight brings free will offerings of his mouth. Uh, a song to God, if you will, and as we all walk in the light of God's word, our appreciation for our Lord grows. And when you look in the Old Testament about free will offerings and how the temple, uh, the tabernacle and those things were built and how God's people of their free will brought those things to the point where they had to cut it off. It's like we have an excess amount of things. And that's because the people's heart was where it ought to be. And I believe that's a response because they've experienced God and what He's done for them. And so they're expressing their thankfulness and gratitude. And so the psalmist says, he says, uh, accept the freewill offerings of my mouth. And, and then he says, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. Continue to uh, make yourself real in my life. Continue to allow me to grow in the things of God. Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I couldn't help myself, but in addition to free will offerings, in 2 Corinthians, we learn that each Christian must give monetarily to the work of the Lord. And uh, I think we could make the... Anyway, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Every man according to, as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. How's your attitude toward giving? Um, we're talking about free will offerings of the mouth is, is the psalmist thing here. And I believe that's out of great gratitude that, that he just wants to praise and glorify his God for the goodness that he's bestowed upon him. But listen, our tithes and offerings and really our songs. Listen, how's your attitude when you sing in church? You know, sometimes we just sing because oh, they told me to turn to this page and there's some words here and I'm going to read them. And uh, But listen, do you, is your heart really thankful for what God's done to you? And so you're going to offer that song back to Him? Um, but listen, uh, we, we, can't, we need to talk about money sometimes. 
your attitude toward giving is a glimpse into your heart. We know God loves a cheerful giver. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. And so this morning, uh, God's word guides us really in how we ought to, to offer those things back to him. And uh, I think if you would get into God's word and really learn of what God has done for us in his word and begin living for God like the psalmist says that he's committed to doing the things in the word of God and, and you would see God pour out his blessing even in times of difficulty. And you would see the faithfulness of God over and over again. You would have no choice but to respond with a free will offering of your mouth or monetary, whatever the case may be. Uh, listen, this isn't in my notes, but it just came to mind. We want to build a church building. If you look at the biblical way to build a church, it was God's people providing the means to do so. Um, I would love for some lost old millionaire to give us a bunch of money uh, to build something, but that's not how often, I, I don't see that demonstrated in Scripture too much. God uses his people. And listen, are we serious about this? Do we want God enough that we would give free will, uh, of our own free will to do such? Anyway, uh, listen, God's done so much for us. And uh, we, we could never repay him. It's not about repaying him. It's just about honoring him with our lives. Every aspect of it. With our mouths, with our finances, and all those things. And listen, we have a light for dangers. Look at verse 109 and 110. My soul is continually in my hand. Yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. The psalmist begins with uh, uh, something that we see, uh, I, I guess, an old Hebrew saying, you might say. My soul is continually in my hand. And First uh, Samuel Chapter 19 and verse 5, when, when Jonathan is talking to his father Saul about David, when Saul had just gave the, the instructions uh, to all those really in authority uh, to kill David, and uh, <clears throat> Jonathan tells him there that uh, David put his life in his hands when he went to fight against Goliath. And Jonathan tells his dad, he did, he, he risked his own self uh, really for you. And for the nation of Israel at that time. And so uh, it's the ideas of being in danger. And I would say facing a man of war as a youth, uh, that would be a dangerous thing to do. And uh, uh, the, the whole point here is the psalmist feels, con- or the psalmist feels continually in danger from the world, worldly forces around him. He said, my soul is continually in my hand. Uh, that verbiage there that he uses, like similar back in, in 1 Samuel, and uh, God's people are continually in danger. Did you know you're in danger right now? Maybe not physical danger, but there's spiritual danger lurking right around, uh, just waiting uh, to harm us uh, as God's people. And uh, whether we recognize it or not, that's the truth. Uh, there are obviously both physical and spiritual dangers. We've become so accustomed to driving cars that we really don't think it's dangerous. But when you think about a several thousand pound vehicle 
you know, at 75, 80 miles an hour, uh, flying down an interstate with other cars coming the other way, you know, and, and other elements, you know, the weather and different factors. It, I mean, when you really think about it, it's a pretty dangerous thing. And we try to, to remove all that danger, but we're faced with danger all the time. And maybe we are more aware of the physical danger at times, but listen, we need to definitely be in tune that there's a spiritual danger. Uh, we have enemy out there that wants nothing but our destruction, desiring to destroy us. He wants to close our church doors. And uh, listen, it's often those sneaky spiritual things or dangers that lead us astray. Uh, we, we ought to be careful. We must not forget the word, especially in these times of trouble and danger. Uh, listen, sometimes it's more evident than at other times. But we need to cling to the light of God's word all the time. And especially when we know that there's danger spiritually. A soldier would never abandon his weapon during battle. Right? Uh, when I, I've been to a couple... Hostile fire zones, I think they call them. You get hostile fire pay. And, and I've, I've been shot at and mortared and all kinds of things like that. And, and one of the things when you're over there and you get issued an M4 and an M9 oftentimes, um, you never put it down. That, that rifle and that sidearm go with you everywhere. Annoyingly everywhere. It's 130 degrees out. I need to use the restroom. And guess what? There's only a portage on so inside the portage on, I don't know how hot it is. It's miserable. And guess what you take in there? Your weapon. Wherever we go, to, to the chow hall, to the shower, you always had your weapon with you because there was danger around. Listen, folks, we can't afford to set this aside. That's right. That's right. There's danger lurking in every aspect of our lives. And if we but for a moment... Set the word of God and, and the light of God's word aside. That's the moment they're going to strike. Uh, I, I mean, that's what the opposing armies always try to do. They want to catch the enemy off guard, right? And, and so listen, we have to be at the ready uh, for God uh, to continually to work with us uh, or to use us and, and to keep us safe from harm in, in those days. Uh, listen, there's a danger of false teachers. They're out there. The Apostle Peter warns us uh, about following people uh, who twist the Scripture. Look at 2 Peter 3.17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Uh, we have to be aware. And I think I've said it before and I'll say it again. The best way to pick out error is to know truth. You have to be in the Word of God. and Because I'll tell you, time, there have been times I've been in church and somebody will say something, I'm like, it just doesn't jive, so to speak. That doesn't fit with what I've learned from the Bible. I don't care if it's preaching or teaching. It hasn't been here. But, but listen, uh, you can't pick that out. The Holy Spirit can't pick that out if, you don't, if you've never been in here. And so we need our weapon. We need to be uh, well familiar with it. God's word is a light that gives us wisdom when dangerous temptations and dangerous teachings come near. Because well, they're coming. They're out there. When the wicked have laid a snare for us, we can find safety in God's precepts. Uh, I know of preachers that have, like, people have set out to trap them. 
in an immoral circumstance. Purposely. And because they were going to stay faithful to the principles and the precepts of the word of God, it protected them from this. Unbelievable that somebody would try to do that to a man of God, but it happens. And so God's word can protect us from things, from snares and and troubles. Uh, How often the principles of God's word have protected me from trouble? Countless times, I couldn't tell you. And so this morning we're going to have to finish this this, uh, stanza next week, but... I want to encourage you this morning, get in the Word. Uh, Look at verses 111 through 12. I'll just give you a glimpse. Maybe we'll focus on this next week entirely before we go to the next stanza. It says, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. Boy, this is important. When you look at heritage in the Old Testament, uh, for him to say that the Scriptures are his heritage, Heritage, that's a significant thing. Well, when you talk about the land that they would pass down to generation to generation and all those things, a uh, 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 heritage. And uh, so, but listen, it says, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. They're important to him. They, they've strengthened him and built him up. And here's what I want you to see here. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. The psalmist had decided that I'm going to keep the word of God in my life until the end. That's what I want to encourage you to do this morning. Listen, you don't have to understand it all. You don't have to have all the answers and know all the theologies and, or the ologies, I guess you would say, and, and understand all the, the genius type stuff. And we have a friend coming to visit us. Uh, hopefully he'll, he'll come. And we haven't seen him for years and years. And, and he's like a... a He's in academia. He's just like an egghead type guy. And, and so he knows all these terms and all this thing I know nothing about. But listen, I can just rejoice with him about the goodness of God's word without understanding all those fancy words. Uh, listen, we don't have to understand it all. We just have to be faithful to do it as God reveals it to us. And he will guide us and never fail us if we would just keep the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I thank you for this lesson. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen us. And Lord, I pray that each one would be committed to keeping the thanks of God. And Lord, that as you reveal things to us, that we would be obedient and be doers of your word. And I pray, Lord, that you'd strengthen our church because of it. And Lord, I pray that you bind us together to do more for Christ. And Father, we pray for your blessing upon the service to follow. We ask that you'd fill with your spirit, Lord. Just uh, do your work. Pray that if anybody comes that doesn't know Christ, Lord, that you would burden their heart, help them to see their need of a Savior. Lord, we pray that you'd save souls today. In Jesus' name, amen.